And it always helps to put a Bible passage in context to give a little background. So Paul's writing this letter, and he's been following Jesus through all sorts of adventures and trials over many years. The Apostle Paul declared, Jesus is Lord before kings and on street corners, in front of huge crowds and one-on-one. He did it on ships and on the road in cities and in villages. Paul's been shipwrecked, beaten, threatened by death. And even as he writes this letter, he's in prison again and facing death again. But this time he knows there will be no let off. Death is near. So he writes this letter to his young charge, Timothy. Now, Paul's been mentoring Timothy since they first met. More than once, Paul refers to Timothy as like a son to him. And maybe even Timothy called Paul dad or his father, a little bit like Julie referred to Bernadette as mum. This is the sort of relationship we're talking about between Paul and Timothy. Anyway, facing death and with Timothy many, many days, perhaps weeks distant travel, Paul puts his final words to Timothy down in this letter. And it reminds me a little of my father who passed away about 18 months or so ago. He was given just three short weeks and so the family gathered and I was in the room when each of my four children, adult children, came really to say their final goodbye with their grandfather. And it was a real privilege to hear my father, their grandpa, express pride and encouragement with real personal insight. And this is what Paul is doing in this letter. And I know Bernadette had time to make her final words count to family and some of us others that were privileged to visit her in the final few days or weeks. So this whole letter, second letter to Timothy, is Paul telling the young man how proud he is of him. And in in, there's lots of advice and encouragement and even warnings. And so when we come to these final few verses, it's Paul starting to sign off on this letter. And it's important to Paul that Timothy grieve well and not badly. It's important for Paul that when Timothy hears of his death, that the young man does not fall into despair, but to know that Paul is where he longs to be with his Lord and Saviour Jesus in glory. And isn't that exactly the same with Bernadette? Today, she wants each of us to grieve well, not badly. She wants us to know that she is safe in the presence of her dear Lord. So let's dive into those few verses. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. For I am, re- I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. Now imagine waiting in a first century jail for an executor to come through the door, take him outside and wield the sword. I mean, this was tough, physically, psychologically tough. And Paul doesn't try to be Pollyanna about this. He doesn't try to sugarcoat anything. He feels like he's been poured out as a drink offering. Now, this was a common image in those days where as part of an animal sacrifice to the gods, then wine would be poured out. Paul's absolutely honest about how he's feeling. He's opening up to Timothy about how tough facing death is. 
But though it's tough for Paul, there is no despair. Far from it. Paul is not depressed. He's not discouraged. And he's not angry. I mean, he's not angry at life. He's not angry at people. He's not shaking his fist at God in anger. No, not at all. He has much to thank God for as he looks back. And we see that in verse 7. Three things he's thanking God for. I have fought the good fight. Now, Paul has earlier in this letter used the imagery of an athlete. And again, he's picking up on that image. Wrestling was a popular code in athletics and in the military. Crowds in those days followed the sport. Paul has fought the good fight. He has wrestled and he has won. But he's also finished the race. He's finished the race. Again, he's staying with athletics. And Paul sees his life as a race, a marathon, well run, and he's finishing strong. The finish line is just a stretch away, in arm's reach, and he's ready to collect his prize. But he's also kept the faith. Again, from earlier in the letter, we see what Paul's referring to. It's the faith in Jesus that he's faithfully passed on. We can imagine a relay race with a baton and one of the runners passing the race on to the next runner. And that is what Paul is doing here for Timothy. In Second Timothy, a few uh, chapter earlier, we read the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. And this is a key passage because it is faith in Christ which is essential. For our faith helps us grieve well, not sentimental. It's not a vague hope of Bernadette in heavenly clouds with wings, being given angel wings and a harp. That is not the faith we're talking about. We're talking about a faith that is rooted in Christ and Christ alone. This is the key to our salvation as the Holy Scriptures, the Bible, declares. And Paul is saying he has kept the faith in Christ despite the bad times, the setbacks, the beatings, the crowds crying for his death, imprisonment and rejection. Paul's fought the good fight. He's finished the race and he's kept the faith. And now as he's about to pass from this side of the grave to the next, he triumphantly declares in verse 8, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award on me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And Paul continues to draw from the world of athletics, for in his day, the original Olympic Games were still going. And so in his mind, he's imagining those Olympic Games, where the athletes would compete hard, not for medals of gold, silver or bronze, but for a laurel wreath, a crown, a garland of evergreen leaves. And when an athlete won a race or was victorious in wrestling, then Caesar himself would place this crown, this crown of evergreen leaves on the victor's head. In another letter, Paul writes about these highly prized crowns and see how he expresses it in the letter to 1 Corinthians. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do not get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. 
He'd written this letter a few years before when death was far away, and even then he, was no, he knew that he would get that crown, that Olympic crown that would last forever. And he would not receive this from the hand of Caesar, but from Jesus Christ himself, the great and the final judge, the judge whom we must all one day stand before and give account. It's a sobering thought. And yet this judgment, this giving account, held no fear for Paul. Why? Because Paul longed for the time when he would see Jesus face to face to be with Christ and now is that time. And so in these few verses that we've just briefly looked at today, we've seen that Paul wanted Timothy to grieve well. And to do that, Paul talked about how he was satisfied that he had fought the good fight, he'd finished the race, and he continued to keep the faith to trust in Jesus. And because of this, he was about to receive the longing of his heart to be with Jesus. And Bernadette would also have us grieve well. And just like Paul was wanting Timothy to grieve well, Bernadette would too for us. We grieve. We miss her dearly. There's a gap that at the moment we feel can never be filled. And some of us, well, we cry. We cry until there are no more tears. But as we grieve, we grieve well. Because Bernadette has fought the good fight. She has finished her race all the while by keeping faith, holding on to Jesus. And now Bernadette is where she longed to be with Jesus, free of all pain, where there is no suffering and where every tear is wiped from every eye. Yes, we grieve, but we grieve well. And alongside our grief is an invitation extended to each one of us. We can face death alone with no hope, trapped in the shadow of the valley of death. Or, like Bernadette, we can put our faith in Jesus. And when we do, Jesus offers us the strength to fight the good fight. He offers us endurance to finish the race and finish it well. And he helps us to keep the faith so that the most wonderful crown of eternal life can be ours. This is the invitation to each one of us today, a crown freely given to all those who long for Jesus. Let's pray.